0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.COM. That's dot com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
1: Welcome to another week of Take Two. It feels like we're skipping fall, going straight into winter. It was hailing, snowing in the mountains today. And great news women can go topless in the state of Utah. <sighs> That's like the big it. headline I this week. I can't believe this is
2: a topic today. I.
1: It's not really a topic. I just thought it might be fun with you guys. I really don't foresee a lot of women going (laughs) topless in the streets, but it is legal in Utah and five other states, I'm sure, until it gets appealed to the Supreme Court. I'm sure that the justices will want to take this up. What do you have to say for us?
2: I just see no win for me on this topic, so I'm going to say you... Okay. Empathy, you can have an opinion. All right. And by empathy, you cannot. You cannot. And I will not. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. I'm at that's where I'm gonna be on this. I don't I just don't I see no way through this topic where I can come out okay. So I'm I'm out.
1: There have been a lot of men sharing this online. So I don't know what they think's <laughs> going to happen. Like people are just gonna go out and start walking nude in the streets, but it would have to be equally like it can be the hot ones and the not hot ones. You can decide which ones, so it can be everyone. But I just don't foresee it happening. The only place maybe, Jim, I see this happening is there's um, protesters where it's kind of like their job. They're full-time protesters here in the state of Utah. I think maybe they might do it just just for fun to see if they can get on TV. Look,
0: what, hmm. What's hmm. the big deal? I mean, I just don't. I, I mean, I'm sympathetic. We have laws, and they should not be gender-based. And so uh, maybe the legislature, in their infinite wisdom, they will pass a law that prohibits men from showing their AOLAs. And uh, we will... That's worse uh, than nipples. Just say like... No, I'm going by the law. This is, just, see, I mean, this is
2: why there's no winning in this topic. I mean, there's we'll not. see
0: men on the beach with little twizzly things. You and know,
2: and you have no, again, you have no empathy here. I'm just going to say, it's going to get awkward. It you is going to be it's awkward. It's just going to be awkward. I just don't want to feel awkward. I just... I don't
0: know. I don't know I what know. the kids the are doing nowadays. Just keep your shirts on the everybody. whole world just, ought to revolve oh, around what makes else? Greg awkward. Hey, can can know, we just find some just, topics yeah, that might not go. be so... <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't get it. I just read over. I just don't get it.
1: Let's talk climate change kay. because today is a big day where there are a lot of people <laughs> out marching to the streets, um, asking Children. for people to pay attention students asking that there be something done on climate
0: change. Utah is the worst. Whoa,
1: you came out fully We voted.
0: are a disgrace. <laughs> we, Greg and the governor, have set up commissions <laughs> and legislative <laughs> committees and inquiries oh. on a 1,000 million things, but never once have they had a serious, even a committee meeting. N- not one in the history of the legislature And we've never had a serious commission look at what is climate change, how is it going to affect Utah, how is it going to affect Logan, certainly going to be different than St. George, we don't want to know. Because there's a small group of little wacky Republicans that sit right here for all those elected officials and they say, don't talk climate change, it's wrong, it's wrong. And the legislature and this gutless governor... Simply go like this. We're so not when talking you were about a it. Senator it's not there. Of the
1: great state of Utah, did you put any bills forward or ask I, that this be debated? Thank I you.
0: bloviated
1: it more than you can imagine. Did I you had bloviate a, or did you put it on I, paper so there could be an honest I, I discussion? I had two bills. I love
0: this line of questioning. This is beautiful. I, I had don't. two bills. One was to participate in a study on the future of the Colorado River, which is an, uh, so important to the state of Utah, and several other states were doing it. The snowfall isn't there. We're in danger of running out of water. What is the future of it? You know what? I couldn't get it out of committee. Senator Dayton said, no, we're not going to talk about this because they don't want to know the answer. Uh, we, I was there. I sat through six years of this craziness. One other thing on this What are you
1: personally doing before we move on to Greg cuz I'll let him defend himself. Do you do anything at home to make a difference? So you could not make the legislature do it. Do you take shorter showers? Do you walk places instead of drive? Instead of taking a jet plane, do you I do walk?
0: long showers. You
2: do long in showers? In cold water. You're
1: part of the problem.
2: <laughs> you know, what? he does he does every when are he you? gets real passionate But I do him time drives or he flies commercial? First class, but commercial when he, when things get real Jim will go to the airport like the whatever, one we all go to,
0: right? I'm, I, make, I make whatever sacrifices is necessary. So yeah, okay,
1: so Greg, are you what Jim has accused you of? Did you never allow, when you were the Speaker of the House, a conversation to be had about climate change? And not not at all. Earth? In
2: fact, there is a resolution that was, I think, Becky, Representative Becky Edwards uh, ran it uh, that talked to her. might have been uh, uh, Ray... Uh, Ray. It was Becky. uh, It was Becky. So there was was a a a resolution. Look, here's here's the real issue. Sometimes we call it the clean air. Clean air has everything to do with climate. It uh, our clean air caucus was was and still is a bipartisan group of Republicans and Democrats, senators, representatives. There are a suite of bills that would look to improve air quality. How could we take finite dollars and get and leverage them to uh, really clean up the air as much as we can? And so, you, and you have seen uh, efforts and bills passed on that front. You've seen Tier 3 fuel. It doesn't get enough credit, but if Tier 3 fuel, which we incentivized, there's an EPA national requirement for the Tesoros and the Chevrons to produce a cleaner gasoline. We gave additional incentives for the refineries in our state to, to refine it here. Our brand new cars uh, emit the least amount of pollution w- because they're Tier 3 automobiles. 60% of the emissions from tailpipes can be reduced when you have a, a tier three automobile, which are the newer ones in the last five years, and then the tier three fuel. Those are things that we've done. Those are strategic uh, not tax credits or incentives to make sure that the refineries are doing the things they already have to do nationally, but do it here. And so we are moving the needle. I, there's more to do, certainly. We but, can do better. But the premise that nothing has ever been nothing. done or, uh, at all. <laughs> there are no crickets.
1: OK, no, no, there should there's be no, no crickets all or this. nothing. No,
0: this, is, this really is a nothing. Utah has has a, a, a law that says we cannot have anything higher than the lowest requirement of the uh, EPA in Washington. And on this uh, tier three, yeah. please, Greg. You don't like it? California, what happened is the EPA said to all these refiners, including ours, 70% of your output has to be tier three. California said to the refiners, screw you. We're going to make our regulations so tough. You're going to be part of that 70%. What did Utah do? They pulled out the checkbook. And do you know what the first check they were going to write was for? $56 million. I went to Senator Adams. I said, are you out of your mind? $56 million you're going to give to the refineries, to Chevron, from our money that ought to be going to our school kids and others? We got it down to two and a half million, but even then, there's no guarantee that they're going to take it. So, what the Republican way to solve all this is just write big checks to refiners. No. It's an incentive program.
2: It, it look, and it's working. And what was
1: incentivizing?
2: So you had to re- you had to change your refineries. It, the way you would you would have to, uh, have to be clean. yeah, change to, to be able to refine the tier 3 fuel was a repurposing of or there was dollars that were going to have to be committed to those refineries so they could refine the cleaner fuel. You could do it like California does where you can mandate it. They're a little bigger than us. They they hold a, a bigger economic sway to maybe those those uh, refineries. Yeah. Uh, Utah does not have that kind of uh, power in terms of population or economic base, and so incentivizing them through a carrot instead of a stick—it is. If, you, if Jim wants to call it the Republican way, I think that's the way to get good practice on the ground. as Chevron? It's not. It's—it's it's, look. You're going to invest there somewhere. We're going to make it most uh, feasible to invest in those new refineries or the, the way they have to be upgraded here in Utah, and not somewhere else. Undoubtedly, I think, it I and I think the worked.
1: legislature needs to do more. But I think all of us. Listening and here It's each one of us and how we change our lives and things we do differently. So Actually, we can all cool make difference. Thing if you were a vegan like me, we would save the are earth. Are you a vegan? Really? I am, yeah. See all those I cows and that. their output I into am the earth.
2: Carnivore. Harts fast, carnivore. If
1: you would give a stop. If you would at least get rid of meat like a couple days a week, that sounds.
0: i got you to know have a I, quality of life somewhere, Heidi. i put cool thing on my. Uh, w- water heater at home. Okay. So rather than have a giant tank, this has a heater with natural gas that turns on only when there is no tank anymore. So all that happens is it it just turns on when you turn on the water and it heats whatever you have. So you're not 24 hours a day heating water which just seems like a no-brainer yeah. there are it no is other awesome practices. it just costs
1: money which is an issue like I know my husband drives a 2001 Durango and probably isn't the best for the environment but I also know it costs 56000 to buy a new one so it's not as easy as just me waving a magic wand and mm-hmm. saying, six thousand for like for a new SUV they're yeah. not cheap 40s not, 50s 60s are. am I wrong they're expensive I haven't gone shopping for a while because I just so try to avoid it look
2: always. even our building standards there, there was a time where uh, the furnaces were probably not very efficient and they went to 80 percent efficiency uh, furnaces and now that's you couldn't find a a home that doesn't have 80 percent now they're raising that bar to make them more efficient even than that so you're going to see that happen over time i think we're getting better at those things look at our our lights that you can do led lights now that don't uh, require near as much power they stay on for years. Oh, that's a big claim. Uh, Might still burn out. The cost is is not yeah. prohibitive like it used to be. They don't flicker or have a, a, a strange hue when they turn on. Now yeah. they're very much like. And so as that technology improves, there are there are a smart ways that save money as well as conserve energy that we have as choices as consumers. And I think we're
0: taking. Them. Two years ago, Greg, I remember so distinctly in a committee hearing because, as usual, Take I was the only you. person on there. And there was a bill that You were the only person in the committee? That, that was sensible. The rest okay. were Republicans. Um, this was a sensible bill by a former inspector in the House, a home inspector, that would have raised the standards a little bit on every single building in the state of Utah. It was the low-hanging fruit so that the insulation would have gone from this to this. The caliber of, gas would have go- of glass would have gone from this to this. It would have cost the average house $2,100, but it would have had a payback of four years. And for the next hundred years of that house, all that pollution would have been saved. And the real estate lobby and the home builders lobby went in. They went crazy, and we gutted it. Until we come to that compromise and begin to say the environment counts, we need to actually do things and stop listening to all of these funders like the real estate guys and the home builders and the rest that are selfish piggies that only think about themselves and their own little interests. We're not going to solve yep, this problem. I think you would be. Surprised I'm guessing it might have something to
1: do with how much people spend on well, their houses. This is what too, I was going to say.
0: I think
2: you'd be surprised outside of maybe your, the constituency in which you represented twenty one hundred dollars per household would be prohibitive, and it would be probably uh, not just, not not the way you've described it politically, but even grassroots and constituents wouldn't want to see the $2,100. It's too bad,
0: even if they want it or they don't. We're going to save the planet or we're not. And and so to save the the emissions from home, which, by the way, buildings are getting to be the number one issue, on that building for the next 100 years it's going to be there... With a payback of three or four years, you have to have enough guts as a leader to say, you know what, you're right, it's not going to be popular. People would rather save the $2,100 now than have that energy savings for all of us over 100 years.
2: There's a cynicism with some of these things. Remember how we went to plastic because we didn't need paper bags? All right, last word on this issue. So it was, you know, we see trends sometimes where in our best intentions to be more environmentally responsible, time plays out, next thing you know, the plastic bags weren't better than the paper bags. and some. So I think that there's a cynicism, or maybe people have politicized the issue of good stewardship of our environment uh, on both sides. And so I think that even the $2,100, people would question whether they were really going to save the planet for that dollar amount to have to pay it.
1: Yeah. We all need to work towards it. Let's do it. Let's come up with a big fund oh, for everyone's twenty one hundred dollars. Look at that! Something I we can agree on, Grass. Yes. Isn't that you guys good. agreed? I don't know if you guys agreed. No, didn't we you? didn't. But okay. I tried. You feel I tried better. To. All right. Uh, the DMV. We're going to move through this one quickly. We've talked about it before, but um, they've been giving access of the photos that we all have on our driver's license. They can be scanned and checked um, for criminal activity. I think we did a story this week where DPS said they were able to figure out who somebody was. There was a body found on the side of the road. Are we okay with this Greg that DPS is now admitting that the state does use our driver's licenses and they do scan our faces which I think a lot of people assumed and Rightly so, that they weren't being scanned. Is it okay that they're using these for investigative purposes, or is this a breach of trust where they're using our faces in a way that we you never know, said was we, okay?
2: We've talked about this uh, broadly with technology and how technology is changing so quickly. And so, where those where those boundaries used to be versus where they are today, I think the world is changing. I think our phones recognize our face just to simply turn on the, the newer versions. So I think it's I think that we've allowed this even in the free market side to the point where I don't know what we're arguing about. But I do care about privacy, and I think if there is a worry that access to driver's license information is a a step too far, I'm okay. I Actually, that that resonates with me. But it's strange because when we talk about immigration or we talk about law enforcement or ICE, that's one thing. But then you get uh, political parties that want full access to driver's license information for voter information, to know who to target, know how to campaign. And it seems like that seems to be all right i mean we just we, we kind of we got to pick a path are we going to allow for this data mining to occur or not and i don't know that it under occurs under one banner versus the other i think we either have to protect privacy and and create some firewalls or understand that this is information that can help you know law enforcement or voter participation or whatever we want to say but let's not pick it that we want it privacy here but not over here let's just pick a path and i do like i Privacy still resonates with me.
1: So, when you say voter participation, what's going to change there that they're going to have your information? So,
2: I, I think the thing that is most concerning are the data births because there's identity theft is the is the part that you really don't want to see happen. And the more you know about someone, their address, but once you get into data birth and you know their age, that is where I'm told uh, identity theft starts to really thrive in terms of that information. When, when political parties are looking for voter information, the age and demographics yeah. of voters are, are very important. So they want the access. And it, it, what you find, though, are that states that have voter information that access people's date of birth, it does open that door for it to be abused and for identity theft to occur. And, and so that, those are the things. You want to hide Social Security numbers, obviously. But I even think date of birth is something that gets a little too personal, where in today's technology it can be manipulated for uh,
0: criminal purposes.
1: Can you agree with Greg on this one, or are we on totally different pages? You know,
0: one of the great joys of life is Sunday morning, getting the New York Times, getting, like your getting the fingers. print on my fingers, sipping the coffee, and going Do you recycle your newspaper after
1: it. you read it? That's <laughs> our last topic.
0: My, do- my doggies. So, this summer I am reading through, and there was a story about... Two states, Vermont and Utah, correct, that were taking the full bore of driver's license information, the photo and every bit of information that they collect, and at whim turning it over to the FBI and to ICE. (laughs) Whim? Well, apparently, and, and the information had been received by Georgetown Law School that under a Freedom of Information Act got all this data and information and Utah was right there well apparently I wasn't the only person that read it because within two or three days there was the governor and there were the leaders Republicans and Democrats standing up there as the governor said we've looked into this and in the New York Times and Georgetown is wrong we're right well what kind of an investigation that they do in two days and they said, we've only had 34 cases. Well, it turns out they were lying. All of them were lying. They didn't do an investigation. It turns out were that Were they lying there was, or did they
1: just not have the information? Well,
0: they were prevaricating. They didn't say, you know what, we don't know. We've only had two days to look at this. They misled the people of the state of Utah because now they've come back under some pressure and said, well, there's 3,400 times at least... That They've acted upon it, and millions of uh, times the federal authorities had access to it. And you know what? Where's the legislature? Can't they have one hearing where they actually sit down and probe the administration and do their job and find out who's lying and who's getting information? It's on every Utah. They turn it over to the feds whenever they feel like it. And then the part that kills me the most, Utah made a sacred agreement with a group of people in our state, Greg should be proud. He was part of this in the Utah Compact, where we said, "All right, we're going to give you driver's privilege cards. They're not driver's licenses, but it will allow you." Those son of a bitches are taking that information and turning it over to ICE. You that know, is a we try basic. To edit this
2: show for like you know the broadcast, Jim. You just blew this whole topic. That's a
0: that is a, that is such a horrendous debasing of the trust created um, that I don't know how the state is ever going to get it back. They shouldn't have done that. Somebody ought to be fired, and somebody at least ought to be asking the questions, how far did it go? And there should be a report that thick, not two paragraphs of CYA, see I was self-censoring there, by the (laughs) whole legislature. Uh, and the governor who go, oh, no, everything is fine. Look away, look away, look away once again.
1: It is an issue we're talking about. I know Brian He did a story this week. He was talking to the ACLU. He was talking to law enforcement. So it's something we'll stay on top of. But I think there's definitely questions, and I think it is like a frog in boiling water where we've sort of gotten to the point where... It matters, but we sort of shrug our shoulders because we're like, doesn't everyone scan us at this point? So it does matter. We're going to keep our eyes on that one. Speaking of the legislature, they were busy this week doing a few things. We want to talk first, though. A lot of people are like, why the heck did the state pay our taxpayer money $1.5 million to John Swallow, whom we paid, mm. I think the state yep. paid out $3, 4000000 million just in one piece of that investigation to investigate um, whether there was wrongdoing or not. Was it okay that we... Paid out 1.5 million dollars to someone that obviously was acquitted in court, but there were issues. It didn't.
2: So I, I'm glad this topic came up because I think there's some information that that ought to be shared more broadly. Uh, the the settlement that was voted on by the legislature in this past special session was not uh, an admission that the state had done something wrong. It wasn't uh, the legislature taking a side. Although he was found, you know, he was acquitted. But what happened is there's a law that as he was the attorney general and as he was incurring legal fees, uh, he, he made a case uh, to the courts that while he was attorney general, those, those legal fees should have been covered. Uh, they were not. The uh, current attorney general's office was appealing or asking the judge to throw out that, that, uh, that claim the judge did not. The judge said it's a valid claim and it can go forward. At that point, you look at what is asked for. It's a bigger number. You can uh, settle for in terms of the taxpayers and how much they would ultimately pay and look for a number that would be smaller than maybe what uh, he, John Swallow was pursuing and come up with a settlement. I think that's what was going on. Once the judge had said it's a valid uh, claim that can move forward, and I, as I've read the law, I think, I think that he did have a case there I think that the settlement was appropriate. Why did it go to the level of having a legislature vote on it? Uh, we had decided a while ago that large state settlements ought to go through the scrutiny and understanding of our legislative body and be voted on proactively. So once you get up to a higher dollar amount, that's where we want to see a very public process and a public vote. It uh, and so, but you fast forward, it looks like we're just we're picking sides and we're trying to. Send someone, you know, resources so or money. What, it so it the wasn't the Republican
1: legislature saying, "Our Republican Attorney General, you're fine. Take the money and." No, it. it was
2: a settlement amount uh, on a, on a, a legal issue that that we looked at or they looked at. We I looked at it back when I was Speaker, but and it was there it, when the judge said that this will not be thrown out. It did confirm that this was going. This could be uh, successfully pursued, and so then you just get into that settlement discussion. It's less for the taxpayer to pay, and then the, the amount is why the legislature had to approve
1: it. John Swallow said this was sweet, sweet vindication when he got the $1.5 million showing his innocence. Do you believe
0: that to be true? Uh, no, I don't believe it to be true at all. I think what he did is despicable and that we lost trust on behalf of it. was poorly prosecuted, and we ought to talk about that sometime um, because it, it, whatever happened, happened. but I, I think don't we think could have a two-hour podcast
1: on that. The state well, spent well, a lot of money investigating. But it's kind in of you.
0: interesting. If, if a normal person is prosecuted and is found innocent, they pay their own damn bills. The legislature, though, made a law that said, you know what, if you're a public official, even if what you're doing has nothing to do with your job... Then you're get, the the state will come in and pay your lawsuit. Now, given those terms, I don't think the legislature had any choice but to give the million five because that's what the law is. We need to go back and look at at the laws again and say why do we have two classes of people? People that are found innocent that are real working people and those who are politicians and and will pay the bills for that but we won't for the others. Sounds I, like I, we need you
1: back in the Senate and you back in the House. Think of all the work you guys could do together. All right, the legislature also this week. Um, You're the
2: only one calling for that. <laughs> I'm the only one Did calling you hear for the that. Crick- you want to talk crickets. <laughs> crickets. When you said that, there were real crickets yeah, in here. Exactly.
1: Uh, they finalized, and I'm sure there will be more special sessions on this, a few things that will get uh, cannabis rolling. And what sounds like they might actually have it ready for March 1st as they promised the voters. 14 um, different private dispensaries or pharmacies of sorts. Was this a good deal in the end to get it rolling? We've got people ready in Corinne to start planting marijuana in pods, ready to go.
0: These such forward-thinking legislators. Did you
1: say forward-thinking?
0: Yeah, forward-thinking. They put so much effort, and they spent millions of dollars over the last year setting up this Rube Goldberg method (laughs) Of how they're going to grow everything and keep track of every plant and every inch of growth and whatever and get all of these things, they forgot. Somebody told them just a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. By the way, do you know marijuana is against federal law? And they all went. I'm pretty sure they knew that. We better change all this. They, but they didn't think about it as we were telling them in debates on the floor. No, we're gonna steamroll this compromise through, and they did. And who knows how much, how many millions of dollars they spent trying to shove through this crazy system the they had. Film. I'm still not convinced that um, that this all isn't just part of a big stall, and that we're still not going to have medical marijuana available. For real patients without it's available today. astonishing. Oh, I double
1: checked on that for you. Last week you said that there are no doctors prescribing I knew of or of. recommending. Yes. There are. I actually um, saw one of the spokesperson people for um, IHC at an event I was at yesterday and I asked him to look into the numbers. He hasn't had a chance to go through all of them and get to me, but he said at IHC they're not called prescriptions. I think they're called recommendations. Yes, they recommend. yes. And he says they're happening. They have a lot of doctors doing it, and a lot of patients. He did say that it tends to be doctors who have long standing relationships with their patients where they've worked with other things and they know this is the right one. But I'm going to get some numbers. I, want so by next I names. Like,
0: No, we need like, names of doctors. Oh, so he's going
1: to give them to and me. The legislature
0: so. also put down a limitation to how many prescriptions yes, one doctor? So absolutely. you can't have a specialist in this. Well,
2: you can't have 150. You can't have 90 of a state's patients going to three doctors. Why? Because maybe you can't, they're specialists. As, as the physicians talked about it, what a real visit and real consultation amounts to. In some of these states that have doctor recommendations you wouldn't be able to, you'd be hard-pressed to get their name and address if you did and the amount that. of recommendations that they're, they're doing. You don't want this to all, if we want people to have access to medical cannabis and we think there's a value to it, let's see our physicians become more familiar with it. Let's see that there's more of these physicians that have it as an arrow in their quiver to recommend. It, it was legal the day this passed, it became legal that if you had a doctor that would recommend it and you had a dosable amount, you are now following the law. And we knew before the state would have its cultivation centers or its processing centers or its specialized medical cannabis centers, that they would have to go out potentially outside the state to do it. But we allowed for that. We contemplated that. Give me the name of a doctor. Just one. Okay, well, we may have to give it to you privately. I don't know that people
1: want just names of doctors who are prescribing it out there because then someone ends up on their front porch with a
2: gun. You know what? Pennsylvania gives you a list. Their Department of Health gives you the list of all the physicians that have have been licensed and are are available to to seek a a consultation with. I I just want to say this about the special session. It is, a, it is a classic example of not letting perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah. So when we began this, this uh, common ground, this pursuit for common ground, finding two sides that were either for uh, medical cannabis or were concerned against it, and we were finding that common ground, we, we told everyone, you're not gonna get your perfect solution here, but if we can find enough common ground, we can start delivering uh, and, make, and creating access for people in need. What was, allowed, what was agreed to Monday we were not able to find common ground just last december of 18 when we when we were debating this and trying to find that agreement the things that we saw pass on monday were not areas we could find agreement just in uh, 2018 in december 2018 what that tells us is when we're coming together when we're running through this this process it is much easier to amend and to improve existing statute than it is to try and Get it all right the very, very first time. And as far as it being illegal, the whole thing's illegal. It's illegal from the day it starts. Everything about it. The Controlled Substance Act does not allow for medical cannabis, recreational. It does make it very tricky. Nothing. Everything we're doing in this space, Jim, is against federal law. And so you see 34 states that have done it against federal law in some capacity. We're just trying, as policymakers find protect public safety while providing access.
1: All right, we're like literally out of time, so you're not allowed to give me answers. I have a couple issues I want to hit before we get out of here. You have to say out loud to me, thumbs up or thumbs down. No comments other than that. Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson visits the U.S.-Mexico border. She went to Texas. She went to both sides. Good idea that we have someone on a local level going, or is it a bad idea? Do you give her a thumbs up or thumbs down? Of course, it's
0: a
2: good idea. Okay. I I, I, I think going is fine, but I I have to understand how it – what the next is. Oh, that was way more than thumbs up.
1: Okay. There's a new poll showing that Utahns largely favor red flag laws. These would be laws that if someone were mentally um, not able to have a gun, 87% of Utah voters say they either strongly support or support a law that would say guns could not be sold to that person. Thumbs up on that, thumbs down on that. Red flag laws, you don't want red flag laws. It's so gloss.
0: stupid. It oh doesn't, it's not going to accomplish anything. Let's get rid of AK-47s, let's ban them. Look, I, I, no don't, people in jail. 100%, 100%
2: of Utahns do not want people that are mentally ill to buy guns. The, the problem is, and where you're finding disagreement I've lived through this policymaking process, is that there are details or there are definitions that people don't agree on. So on the concept, absolutely. How you do it, if someone could accuse you of being mentally ill and that's enough to do it, those are where the, this policy debate is happening.
1: Oh, my gosh. You guys can't even do thumbs up or thumbs down. I couldn't, I Thanks couldn't. for trying to play along. We will do this again next week with lots more topics because we never run out. Thank you for joining us. Remember to tell your friends about us. Subscribe. Subscribe. And have a great week. Be
2: careful. Jim's a potty mouth, too. Did you hear him this way? I did. We're going to have to mute him. <laughs>